The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! Guess we'll get this show on the road, huh? Let's do it. I want to quit the podcast so bad, but every time I think that, I get five more sponsors, and I go, "How do, how do I do it now? I can't do it." No. Nope. So we want to thank our new sponsors. Hi, this is Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, top two guys smoke shop at the Studio Twenty One podcast cafe i want to thank our sponsors i'll list them out and then we'll talk about them later on a new sponsor pleasant valley landscaping um pleasant valley landscaping is so good that they're not even booking new jobs until june but they wanted to come on the show they wanted to support the show and we appreciate that um so um if you're looking for any kind of landscaping you can give them a call they'll be they're going to be booking from june forward um, and make sure that you tell them that uh, you appreciate them supporting the Paying Attention podcast. I want to thank JG's Ice Cream. Stopped for some JG's Ice Cream on my way here, and I was still early. I don't know how that happened, but uh, but every time I go by JG's, even if I'm not hungry, I always stop in and get something because the ice cream is so good. I want to thank McLennan Real Estate, Century 21, and Thuin, Sam and Matt. We love all those guys, and, and Janet. Um, we may try and get him on for next week to talk about the real estate um Situation. Last time he was on, he said it was a seller's market. Uh, we had Matt on, and he said it was a seller's market and um, talked about the property values. And we'd like to get him on now. It's been a couple of months and see if anything has changed. I also want to thank AFC Urgent Care, Lisa Williams at AFC Urgent Care. She does so much for the community. Marsan and Son Construction. Now that it's getting nice outside, now is the time to like fix your roof, put on a uh, an addition to your home, maybe fix your porch. Call Marsan and Son Construction. EIS Investigations. If you're looking to get your gun permit, they also do gun permits. So they're not just private investigators, but they also um, have gun training if you want to go get your gun permit. And in fact, my sister and her husband are going to be going down to get their gun permit at EIS. So I told them make sure you use the coupon in the Valley Patriot so they know it works. Mm-hmm. Um, also, new, new, uh, new, not really a new sponsor. He was with us last year, and then he left with when COVID happened. He's back. Angelo Memolo over there. Angelo, Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there takes care of your car. You know, somebody hits your car, and then he's got a big dent. He just goes over. He, he fixes it over there. He goes over, over there. The, over the Auto Body on South Broadway in Lawrence. And HS Investigative Services. Now we get two investigation services sponsoring the show. So um, 
So I don't know what to tell you. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you need a private investigator, give one of those two a call. Either EIS Investigations or HS <laughs> Investigative Services. I don't know. They're both what, good. What are you gonna do? Uh, so we've got a bunch of things to talk about today. We do have a guest coming in. Want to get to a couple of things first. Uh, North Andover elections were this week. Uh, it, it's really kind of pathetic. In fact, it's more than kind of pathetic. It's really pathetic. There are about twenty to 22,000 registered voters in the town of North Andover. Town uh, elections were on Tuesday, which to me is yesterday because I don't sleep, but uh, apparently it was two days ago for the rest of you, for those of you who do sleep, for those of you who do. Um, there were 3,998 3, people showed up to vote in North Andover for Board of Selectmen, Town Moderator, Housing Authority, and School Committee. 3,998 out of twenty to 22,000 registered voters. That's just pathetic. We are losing our democracy at the local level. When people at the local level don't get involved in what's going on, don't pay attention to what their local officials are doing, it creates all kinds of havoc, not just at the local level, but all the way up the food chain of politics. Because the people who are elected to your school board and your board of selectmen or your city council, those are the, that's the farm team of people five to ten years from now that will be running for Congress, running for state rep, running for governor, running for state senator. And if you're not paying attention at this local level, then you know the people who get elected know that. Look, Rich Valanc- uh, Richard Valancourt, Dick Valancourt won re-election. Um, Janice Phillips also won election to the Board of Selectmen in North Andover. They see it. They look at these numbers, and you know what it tells them? It tells them you don't give a shit. That's what it tells them. It tells them they can do anything they want. They, and I'm not saying that, that, any, that any of the elected officials in North Andover are bad. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying in any community, and let's use North Andover just as the example, they look at these numbers and they see, wow. Less than 15% of the people bothered to vote in a local... We can do whatever we want. Who's going to complain? 15% of the people showed up and the majority of them voted for the winner. So, so what do we have to worry about? We can, we can literally do whatever we want. Um, there's a big scandal that has erupted. We talked about it a little bit on the show. We're going to talk about it a lot next week about the former North Andover town manager, Andrew Mailer. And I was sent a bunch of documents as I was going through them. Um... Took, take, took me about a week to kind of get to it because I'm pretty busy. And as I started going through them, I got an email from somebody, the person who sent them to me, saying, I know we promised you the exclusive on this, but I understand that, that North Andover Patch is, is looking to do a hit piece on what we're doing and on us personally. And so they posted all of the information on North Andover Community Sound Off, I think it's called, North Andover Community. You'll find it on Facebook. It's North Andover Community and North Andover Community Sound Off. And they posted all of the documents of how Andrew Mailer tried to get a police car, how he spent three or $4,000 put to try and put um, um, blue lights on the car so he could pull people over. He's a town manager. He's not a cop, right? Um, how he wanted a, an untraceable license plate. Now, like, the only time there's an untraceable, and I can, and I, and I can tell you this because I've, I've spent years in the streets of Lawrence chasing crime calls. Whenever a cop runs a plate and it comes back untraceable, there's only, there's only one thing that causes that, and that's it's an undercover police car or it's an undercover government car. And he wanted one. He wanted an undercover plate that, that, could, that if the cops ran it, it would be untraceable, and they would think he was an undercover cop and leave him alone. So that way he could ride around, he could blow through stop signs, he could do whatever the hell he wanted to. And when somebody 
in the press started asking questions about that. I want to see who that was about a year and a half, two, maybe three years ago. Um, all of a sudden, the, he scrapped the idea of doing that, went back to the Board of Selectmen, and then asked them for more money in his contract because he couldn't do it. And the Board of Selectmen said, yes. And you know why they said yes? Because you guys don't care. Because you guys don't pay attention. And when stuff like this comes up, when somebody's abusing their authority, and then they're trying to hide it, they're trying to cover it up, local officials look at their base vote, and they look at how many people turn out, and then they make their decision as to whether or not they're going to go along with something bad or not. And I can tell you that because I know a lot of these people. They're all politicians. They all talk to me. Most of them are pretty scummy as human beings. Most of them are pretty good politicians, but most of them are human beings. They're just not really good people for the most part. And, um, and there's a lot more coming up, too, on uh, Andrew Mailer as far as his ties to Merrimack College and some of the stuff that was going on. So we will talk about that. But I wanted to – I just wanted to uh, – to, and we saw this in Methuen, not in the last mayor's race. They had, they had a, a really big turnout in the last Methuen mayor's race. But the race before that where, um, where you had um, city council, school committee mayor when Jim Jajuga got elected – you had like a 12% turnout. And that's pathetic. In Lawrence, you're lucky you get an 8% turnout. Like the, in the suburbs, they, 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 they see 15% and they think, oh my God, we hit the mother load. In Lawrence, it's like 8% sometimes. And, and that's even more pathetic because Lawrence needs more help than most of the other communities. So for those of you who live in North Andover, if you're voting, uh, if you're a voter, listen, I went to, as busy as I am, I took time out of my day and I went down and I voted. And... Um, I'm not going to say I'm perfect. I have missed a few elections. I have missed a few local elections, but I go out of my way to try and make it to the election if I can. And those of you who are registered to vote, first of all, if you're not registered to vote, you should register to vote. It's super easy. Excuse me. You go down to the registry of motor vehicles, you get a motor voter card, you mail it in. Or you go down to your town, um, town hall or city hall, you ask them for a voter registration form. They're not going to ask for an ID. They don't care who you are. Anybody can vote. Even if you're not a citizen, you can vote. If you, if, if you live in Lawrence and you want to vote in North Andover, don't worry about it. You can go, you can register to vote because nobody cares. You can lie, you can do whatever you want. That's the way the system is now. It's not really a very, op- it's not really a very uh, good system anymore. So, but you should be voting. You should register to vote and please only vote once um, under your own name. And you should vote and you should pay attention to what's going on at your local level. Because if you don't, this is, where, this is how you lose a democracy. We've lost Congress. We've lost the Senate. We've lost the presidency, whether it's this president or any other president. They're all in it together to maintain their power. And they don't care about you, and they don't care about your family. If they did, we would we'd be getting monthly stimulus checks like every other country. But they don't. And one of the reasons they don't is they do the same thing at the, local, at the national level that the local people do. They look at how much, how, what was the percentage that they won by in the last election. They look and see how many people turned out in the last election and then they say, well, we're safe. We can do whatever we want. It doesn't matter. Like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Actually, let me take that back. Donald Trump himself said, I could go out on Fifth Avenue and I could shoot 15 people and I wouldn't lose one vote. He's not wrong. But by the way, he's not the only one. Nancy Pelosi could go out and shoot 15 people and she wouldn't lose one vote. Because the sycophants on both sides are always going to support their guy no matter what he does. And even if he does something wrong, they're going to make excuses for him. The other side does it, it's the end of the world. When our side does it, it's okay. That's the team politics that we play now. And that's the way that it is. You can stop that by getting, by getting involved at the local level and paying attention at the local level. A um, couple other real quick things. We're 10 minutes in. Um, the Derek Chauvin trial has started. The Minneapolis police officer that had his knee on the neck of George Floyd um, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my mind open on this. Um, 
it's very easy to have an emotional knee-jerk reaction, and that's what the, by the way, that's what the media wants you to do. They want you to look at that video of the guy with his knee on the guy's neck, and they want you to emotionally react and say the guy's guilty, he's guilty of murder. I don't know that he's guilty of murder. He might be. Certainly what he did wasn't good. He certainly should have been fired for what he did. But was it murder? I don't know. I mean, we look at the um, autopsy. It's been, uh, some of it has been published online. And it seems like there might have been other contributing factors. And so I want to, I'm watching the trial. I'm not watching every minute of it, but I am watching some of it. I'm watching all of the summaries. And I'm just, I'm watching it with an open mind. Maybe this guy's a murderer. Maybe he's guilty. Maybe he's not. Maybe what he did was really horrible, but the guy died of a fentanyl overdose. And we, we won't know until the trial's over. And so I'm just cautioning people on both sides. I have a lot of friends who say they should let the cop go. They should give him a medal. I have a lot of friends that say the guy should be executed. He's a murderer. Look what he did. The one thing I do know is this had nothing to do with race. And even though Minneapolis burned down and other communities were burned down by scumbag rioters, this went down, didn't it? Did the volume go down? I don't know. Um, even though people have rioted, even though people have, 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 the media has made it about race, it's not about race. This has nothing to do with race, period. What it has to do with is, did this cop break the law? Did he, did he cause the death of George Floyd? He might have. And I'm waiting to see the evidence. I'm waiting to see what happens in the trial. And not so much what, the, what Fox News says and not so much what CNN and NBC say, but what the witnesses say and what the courtroom says. Um, speaking of racism, one more thing I want to get to. Um, I actually had three, but we're going to cut it because we have guests. Um, speaking of racism, all we've heard now for the last two or three weeks from the mainstream media is the, in, is the increase in hate crimes against Asians. Here's something really weird. The media is not lying about that. I know, right? <laughs> Who knew? They're not lying about that. There has been an increase over the last two years in hate crimes against Asians. But the press is also saying in the next breath specifically on CNN, MSNBC, and the liberal media, that it's caused by Donald Trump and white supremacy. And so I went to the FBI Bureau of Justice Statistics. Um, I got my degree in criminal justice, so I spent a lot of time in college reading BJS, uh, Bureau of Justice Statistics um, reports. And they're all online. Okay, yeah, it's good. Um, The Bureau of Justice Statistics states that the majority of the assaults against Asians, the majority of the hate crimes against Asians, it's not white supremacy. It's young black men. It's young black men between the ages of 18 and 34 who are mostly assaulting Asians. So it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. I'm pretty sure young black men are taking their, 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 their cues to get violent by Donald Trump. I'm pretty sure that's not happening, okay? I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened. And they keep saying that it's white supremacy. Like, everything is about attacking white people. And I'm getting a little tired, and I know there's a lot of other people getting really tired, of the constant attack on white people. And I said this to somebody one day who is not white, and their answer to me was, well, now the shoe's on the other foot. And I thought, exactly. She's exactly right. Now the shoe's on the other foot. That's what they wanted. They want to label and stereotype and demean white people as revenge for prior white people before I was born enslaving black people. And they want to flip the equation and they want black people to be on top and minorities to be on top and white people to be on the bottom. 
Don't take my word for it. They say it themselves. Listen to all this, all, all the, this uh, anti-weight training that's going on. I can't remember the name of the, um, uh, the, the name of the program that they had in the government that, um, that Trump killed. But listen, racism is racism is racism, whether it's racism, whether it's a white person committing racism against a black person, or it's a black person committing racism against an Asian person, or it's an Asian person committing racism against a black person. Racism is racism, and it's all wrong. Critical race theory, that's what I was trying to think of. This critical race theory idea is that white people are bad by virtue of the fact that they're white. Black people are good and victims based on the fact that they're black. And that non-white people are good people, or at least better people than white people. And that's what it all boils down to. And if you flip the races on those, and you had a critical race theory program out there in the government saying that black people are bad because they're black, and white people are good because they're white, I'm pretty sure the narrative would be a little different in the media today. So we've got two things going on. We've got the Derek Chauvin trial, which the media has convinced a lot of people in this country has to do with racism, and it doesn't. It has to do with whether or not this man committed murder. It had nothing to do with the fact that the guy was black. They went driving around looking for a black guy to pick on that day. They got a 911 phone call. They responded. By the way, the guy who made the 911 phone call in the George Floyd case was black. Okay? So a black guy calls the police and asks for help because a black guy came into his store and passed a phony $20 bill. And the police responded. And George Floyd did not comply. Now, listen, I grew up in a cop household, so maybe I've got a little bit more of an advantage than most people. I was taught... If a cop tells you to do something, you do it. If he tells you to stand on your head and recite poetry, you stand on your head and you recite poetry. You can always file a complaint later on. But on the scene, he's got a badge and a gun and fellow officers that have badge and guns and a walkie-talkie to call more men with badges and guns. And you're never going to win. And I've had cops treat me badly. I had a cop at Logan Airport treat me so bad one day, I actually pulled the, the dad card. I pulled the dad, and I don't do that. I've probably done this three times in my life. And I turned to him and said, you know what? My father was killed in the line of duty. And it's, and it's probably because of people like you who treat cops like, to treat the public like shit and give, give the public the feeling that all cops act like you, that all cops are bad. So the next time someone like me who gets treated badly by a cop like you, if I wasn't who I was, next time a cop pulled me over, I'd probably have an attitude, Right? And I probably wouldn't comply if I wasn't Tom Duggan who grew up in a cop household after you treated me like crap. And the guy did, just didn't care. Look, there are bad cops out there. There are bad podca- podcast hosts out there. There are bad doctors. There are bad waitresses. There are bad janitors. What's funny is that the people who keep saying that labeling and stereotyping is bad are the same people who say all the cops are bad, all the cops are racist because of maybe one or two guys that do something wrong. And then they want to make it systemic racism. There's nothing systemically racist about policing. You want to talk about systemic racism? Look at your public school system. And we did a whole show on that. So go back and you can look at the show. Um, In Methuen, rainbows and unicorns in Methuen. Everybody loves everybody. All the city councilors are now getting along. Everyone loves each other. They get together and they sing Kumbaya at the beginning of the meeting before they go live because Tom Duggan's no longer a problem now. Tom, du- Tom Duggan's not there to cause problems now. So every Methuen is running perfectly. There are no more problems in Methuen because I'm, I'm gone, right? Tom Duggan's not around anymore. So that's it. Methuen, best community in the Merrimack Valley. Everyone gets along. Everything's perfect. 
In fact, your, your taxes are probably going to go down next year because, because of that. Um, all right. So with me today, I have Janet Aldridge. Um, been spending the last 15 minutes before we started the show trying to figure out why. Um, she is here. She is from, um, what's the name of it? It's Catch of the Day News. Met Janice probably about 17 years ago when we started the paper. She was kind of doing her own thing. I was doing my own thing. Um, and she, which, one of the things that I really like about what Catch of the Day Video News does is they go to the State House and they videotape the subcommittee meetings that go on among state representatives and state senators because the senators and the state representatives don't want their subcommittee meetings taped. They don't want to broadcast them, at least prior to COVID. Maybe they're doing it now that COVID, are they doing it? No, they're still not doing it. So Janice said, well, if, they, if they're not going to podcast where the real work gets done in the state house, where the, su- the subcommittee meetings, where the deals get made, right? Then I'm going to show up with my video camera. It's a public meeting, and I'm going to start podcast. I'm going to start broadcasting it and posting the stuff on YouTube. And that gives guys like me, a, a reporter, a, a news guy, a lot of raw material to work with. So whenever I'm, sh- whenever I'm looking for a story, something happens, I'll pop on Janice's YouTube channel and see what, what, um, what subcommittee meetings did she go to this week. And I'll watch like an hour or two of it. And there's always something. You always get something. There's always something newsworthy going on. So I want to welcome uh, Janice uh, Aldridge to the show. Thank you, Tom. All right. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for coming. Good night. Spontaneous. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) And on the line, so do you want to just tell people about um, like what you do and and who you are? Um, Okay. So um, Tom's right. We sort of like started out on the same same with the same vision, um, and uh, I ended up taping the 500 public hearings plus, um, and being you know sabotaged many times along the way. So um, right now, I was I was um, honored to be um, included in <laughs> in Joan Quinn Eastman's world and Ingrid Centurion's world, who is not here right now. Um, and so Comfilm has like has somebody something has breathed a lot of life into comp film and uh so um but but i tr- have done that in the past year during covid i really i was a little bit fed up i think sometimes when you're working in this type of work you can get fed up you don't you don't get enough feedback um and i just felt like you know if i don't disappear they won't miss me you know so how do they do they miss me but i was still working behind the scenes on getting members so we have um like 37 members right now two more coming in and uh, i'm hoping that you know by the end of the summer we'll have a minimum of 100 uh we're going national and that's why joan nice. stepped in she's going to be the national media um director for um, outreach director for ComFilm, and Ingrid is the co-chair. Sometime nice. you should have her on. She ran for office in Sudbury. I, so, I knew I recognized the name when I saw it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very spontaneous. I, you can just sort of like push a button and I'll talk. <laughs> so I don't want to interrupt the flow here. Um, we have uh, a, a Bridgewater um, had a Freedom Rally day, which I was asked to come to and uh, producer, and we ended up... Um, helping to put the whole thing on with including some music um but really what took place was phenomenal it ended up um that um samantha muse um it was on the jeff cooner show and uh we spent this whole week uh finalizing a a really great 20-minute video including his audio Mm -hmm. so i i want to leave it like that and uh hopefully you know we can uh kind of get a get a grip on what they are 
presenting to the public. Thank you so much for letting us all come on, even at the you know last minute. It was awesome, perfect timing. Thank you, Tom. Excellent. So this was a no mask freedom uh, freedom rally. Mm-hmm. You guys are against masks. Um, I think it's not really freedom to have a mask and mug shot, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> have a mask on your face unless you have F you on it or something like right, that. Right. So, so I don't, I don't think the masks are healthy at all. I've, I've done a lot of research and I, I just think it's stupid and disgusting. And, you know, we're all being duped as a nation, uh, as a world. How about that? As mm-hmm. an entire world, how does that happen? Well, I mean, I've, I've long said on this show that we know masks don't work because if masks worked, we wouldn't be letting people out of prison. We'd just be giving them a mask. <laughs> if masks worked, we wouldn't have closed down the schools. We would have just given them a mask, right? If masks work, they wouldn't be doing half the things that they're doing. So I agree. I don't think masks work. I think the one thing that does work when, when it comes to COVID is social distancing. I'm a big fan of social distancing, right? Because now when I go out in the world... People see me, and normally they'd be like, hey, Tom, they'd want to come over and talk to me. But now because of COVID, everybody's kind of like, they're walking like around my path of wherever it is that I'm heading to, which I love. You now have a space you own. Right, right. So um, so I'm not a big fan of masks. We know that they don't work. We know that we've been lied to. And, and another red flag for people who don't believe what we're saying about masks not working, um, they're now telling us even if you get a vaccine, you need to wear a mask. And I'm I'm not going to start calling them obedience masks. Really, they they just like even like you look at you look at uh, Joe Biden. Well, think about this: Joe Biden's president of the United States. He's been vaccinated. He's not going to get the virus. He's not going to transmit the virus. He's still walking around with a mask. You know why? Because he wants everybody else to wear a mask. He wants you to be obedient, and he's trying to lead by example. He wants you to be obedient. He's going to lead by example. And um, you know, at the very beginning, I thought, you know. Even if it just helps a little bit, we're wearing a mask. Like, like last March, April, May, I was with everybody. I was like, look, I, I don't think it works, but I'm going to do it anyway. I have a scarf that I wear instead of a mask, and, um, and I'll do it. But by the time June and July came rolling around, I, we had enough evidence to know that the, the masks just weren't working. They're not working because it's not an RNA vaccine. It's, a, it's an M. No, it's an mRNA and not a, not a regular. Mm-hmm. Vaccine right. doesn't attract. Um, it's attaching to the wrong thing. Right. So that's why everyone still has to have a mask because it has accomplished nothing. This vaccine, except vaccinate everyone. So anyway, can we? Um, yeah, uh, we have two guests um, up, and I'm going to take the one on the left. Samantha, my left. Is that who, which one is on the left? Do we know? So Samantha's on the left. Yeah. Um, Samantha, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Hi, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Samantha Muse. I am the owner of the Drop Spot in Bridgewater. We are a like drop-in childcare program for all intents and purposes. Um, but I hooked up with Joan and Janet um, to run this, you know, event in Bridgewater. And basically, we're you know we're going to have many more of them in the future. But this is kind of our first one. Um, where I wouldn't say that we are totally anti-mask, or at least I'm not. I'm I'm pro freedom, pro-choice. Um, I think everyone should have the choice to make their own medical decisions. Um, so I'm not going to tell anyone not to wear a mask. And the, the event certainly wasn't no masks. It was um, whatever anybody's comfortable with. Some people feel more comfortable wearing one. 
Um, but the event was outside. And so most of us felt pretty comfortable um, just being outside in the fresh air and not wearing a mask. But if someone felt that they needed one, we absolutely would welcome them with a mask on too. So I'm okay with where, like I go to Borelli's Deli, okay? The best deli in the Merrimack Valley. And the owner of Borelli's Deli, Don Smirglio, has a sign outside that says, please wear a mask when you come in. So it's not the government telling me to do it. So I don't, I, I'll run back to my car. I'll get my scarf. I'll put my scarf on to go in out of respect for him because I want to I be a patron of his business. He sponsors the show. We, we've always gotten our meat there even when he didn't sponsor the show. I always like to help small businesses that, are, that do things in the community for other people. So I want to give him my money. I want to give him my business. And it's not the government telling me I have to. So even though I don't like it, I go back to the car, I put the scarf on, and I go in. What I have a problem with is the government telling us that we have to do it. And I think that's my issue. Do you guys have any, you guys don't have any problem with like private businesses requiring it? Anybody? No. So my, I have a business. Um, we have not masked any, we're a daycare, so we haven't masked the children. Um, and we haven't had any spread or anything like that within our building. Um, but I also leave it up to the patrons here, whether or not they're going to use it when they come in. Um, so our families just know that it's, it's up to them. Some families wear them, some don't. Um, I really think that it should be, you know, up to each individual person. If somebody owns a small business and wants to, you know, enforce mask wearing, I think that's fine. Um, I feel like for myself, I'm much more likely to wear it in a small business than in a larger, uh, corporation. I feel that, um, you know, one of my biggest complaints is the wealth transfer from small business to large corporation that occurred during COVID. Um, so my, my thing is, is like Walmart and Home Depot and things like that didn't really have to follow any restrictions. They didn't have to shut down. Um, I, I feel that they, it's not, it's, it's kind of picking and choosing where we, we, are enforcing these regulations. I, again, I don't feel that the masks are working, but I am much more likely to utilize a small business and wear the mask to go into the small business than I would be in like a larger corporation that's enforcing them. Yeah. No, okay, Tom, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt this broadcast. Okay. With the news this flash. Is sure. Joan, Joan. Did you hear the news? Look, did you hear the news? Take it off. It's over. No more masks. No more restrictions. It's all gone. It's done. It's finished. States are opening up. Nobody has to comply anymore. Did you hear that headline? No, I didn't. What, what was that headline from? April Fools. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, that's it's a bad joke, out. John. Bad. Joan. I was a little skeptical when you started because I'm like, there's no way a guy like Charlie. <laughs> I mean, I love Charlie Baker. I, I, I'm probably one of the few guys left that support him. But there's no way Charlie Baker is doing that for sure. <laughs> so. Well, here's the thing. The freedom event was to celebrate freedom. You're free to wear a mask. You're free not to wear a mask. Right. And as one person on the Cooner show said, I'll wear a mask when I want to, not when the government tells me to. Mm -hmm. You say you want to respect the business owners. Well, I'll bet you 99.99% of the business owners do not want to have these restrictions or have to enforce masks, but they've got the pressure of the government right. on them, threatening to uh, shut down their business if they don't. And find them. Well, I tend, I tend to utilize the businesses where I know that the business owners are like-minded um, and that they don't really enforce the restrictions. So I, I think we've kind of made a big network of uh, places where we can go and feel comfortable. And I just, that's where I use my business and that's where I use my money. And that's, you know, the free market here is in, 
the United States, you know, we get to pick and choose where we spend our money and what businesses we frequent. And I just make sure that the ones that I frequent are the ones that I'm most comfortable in. Do either of you, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, Tom, listening to your show before we came on, I, I feel like my head is like a, a pinball machine with all the lights going <laughs> off. Because you've triggered so many issues and topics. And, uh, and I'd love to address every one of them. Now, how long did you say the show was? Is it 10 hours? <laughs> it's about 11 hours. 11 hours. Okay, yeah. we might be able to get to all the topics, but there is a <laughs> through all of these topics, and that is how ill and misinformed the public is to the extent that they feel like they can pull this reverse racism stuff, that they can upend everything that makes America great, that they can believe fake news, that obnoxious protesters can invade a family rally celebrating freedom and think that they have the right to prevent people from who are exercising their First Amendment right to free speech. And they assembling. Can- with people listening to it, and that is actually against the law. You know, it's interesting that you, it's interesting that you say that, that there is a common thread, and it is the misinformation, and most of it comes from the media and the Democrat Party. No, no. And by the way, I'm not a Republican, so this is not a partisan comment. But most of it does come from the Democrat Party, and the media is nothing more than um, a mouthpiece, with very few exceptions, for the Democrat Party. And so, if the Democrat Party tomorrow advocating blowing up schools with children in them, CNN would come out and find a way to say that if you were against that, you were racist. To spin that positive. Exactly. Exactly. And that is the common theme through all of the behavior that we're discussing and what we faced at the the Freedom Rally Mm -hmm. is that people feel so entitled because of their misinformation. And the irony of it, Tom, is that what they're saying and what they say they stand for and what they say they're fighting for and what makes them uh, feel so entitled to be so obnoxious and behave like like thugs, like common thugs. There was no excuse for that behavior. Is that they truly believe that what they have been misinformed about is the truth? Yeah. Yeah. At one point in the course of the day, which was a six-hour event with more than twenty speakers and a seven-piece band, thanks to Janet Aldrich and Calm Film and John Abrahamson. Um, was that they, uh, you know, I pulled them aside and said, this is so great that you are exercising your First Amendment right, but um, you really into what you think you believe in because I believe you are misinformed. And I meant that very genuinely and very sincerely. And, and they seemed as though they were receptive to that idea. But then when I made a statement like, well, you know, but do you think that gives you the right to inter- interrupt an 83-year-old Air Force veteran who served our country and had never addressed a crowd of hundreds of people before, and he's standing up on the stage, and you're shouting, swearing, running siren noises, and screaming and yelling. I I said, do you really think that that you're justified in doing that? I mean, if it were not for people like Charlie Chase, you— would not be free to be who you are in this country. And one of the protesters leaned into me and said, that man has nothing to do with who I am today, which was a man dressed up like a woman. So I I guess, I guess that statement is true if you think about it, but for them to not appreciate the history and the sacrifices 
that have gone into building this great country. Well, part of that is because our public schools aren't teaching history anymore. They're teaching social studies. And social studies is nothing more than politics from a left-wing perspective. And right. I know I, I, I sat on the school committee in Lawrence for three years, and that was back in the 90s, and I was horrified by what was going on then. I see what's going on now, and it's tenfold. It's just so awful. We don't want indoctrination. <laughs> <laughs> Leave those kids alone. I mean, I remember walking by, I won't say what school it was, but it was a local school, and I was in the school for a different reason, uh, because we we do scholarships at our charity bash every year, so I was in there to talk about, you know, what kid I wanted, you know, what kind of kid I wanted for a scholarship, and I walked by a class, and they were talking about how Donald Trump was a a right-wing Nazi, and the person walking with me, my little chaperone walking through the school, I said, hold on a second, can we go back for a second and just listen outside? She said, yeah, that's fine. Just two minutes, though. So I stood outside for two minutes and listened to this teacher. And I finally turned to the woman with me and I said, what class is that? She said, physics. Physics. So these kids are getting it in math class. They're getting it in every class. They're being indoctrinated by their schools. And that's where it comes from. These kids have no idea what the Constitution is. um, And I see it all the time when I I take a picture of um, somebody in in an accident or a shooting and I publish it online. I get all these kids from, from Lawrence High School mostly come on my page and attack me for not getting permission of the family before posting the photo. And I'm like, you're like 16 years old and you're in Lawrence High School and you don't know what the First Amendment is? Like, you should go back to school tomorrow and slap your teachers for, 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 for ill-educating you. Most Absolutely of these, outrageous. Yeah, most of these kids have no idea. Let me ask you this, Tom. How would you feel if you had a child who was being taught by an unabashed Antifa and BLM supporter? I would pull them. I would pull them out of school in two seconds. I would well, pull- the superintendent of Mansfield Public Schools does not agree because there was a teacher uh, who was absolutely outrageous, shouting. We had Attorney General Jay McMahon speaking to the crowd, and she looked at the police, pointed at the stage, said to the police, "Aren't you embarrassed?" These people killed people at the Capitol. And, and that was only that was only after yelling and swearing in the police's face that we caught on camera right. all day. I mean, she all day. And in then Mansfield, when receiving complaints from parents um, who were outraged by what they saw, the Mansfield school, uh, they supported the teacher and backed the teacher and. Um, you know, she was, she was brazen enough to go onto our page and say that, you know, our, my school supports what I do. Uh, and, and then we found out that some of the school committee members and, and the superintendent, I believe is a BLM supporter and is very much in support of what this teacher is doing on her weekends. And it's just, it's out of control. I just wonder if that teacher was a member of the neo-Nazi party or even something a little bit, you know, something a little closer to the middle, like the proud boys. I wonder how quickly that teacher would have his job because I'm pretty sure that guy would be gone the next day. It's the same point you were making earlier about the reverse racism thing. Things are unacceptable. And the interesting thing is I'm sure that this superintendent is probably feels very justified in her position, but it's because she's watching the wrong news sources. Right. seeing the news. She believes what she's saying. She does think that every single one of the, what, more than a million people that were in the Capitol that day, that they're all killers? Are you kidding me? I've had firsthand accounts from three different people who have been there. They said the whole day was peaceful and joyful, and everyone was very positive. And as soon as they approached the Capitol, they started noticing strange things, like people hanging off of telephone poles and the opening gates and pushing through. And 
the, they said the vibration changed immediately to one that was hostile and they were infiltrated with people who were uh, dressed in Trump gear, but obviously were not behaving like the rest of them. So it was a very well orchestrated and very calculated attack. And uh, innocent people who were there being the great patriots they are, including many combat veterans, um, are being characterized as terrorists and villains. And it's like the whole world is upside down and it all stems from people not getting the whole truth. Right. They're one slanted side and they do not want to look or listen beyond that side that makes them self-righteous to the point where they're criminal, frankly. Well, well they're also, they're in this little echo chamber right. and they're talking to each other and they're, they're riling each other up. Um, and, you know, we saw it, we intercepted some communication prior to our event. So we knew that there was going to be a little bit of um, hostility at the event. Um, which luckily we did because we were able to have a lot of police officers there at the event to help uh, keep the peace. But we intercepted stuff that was um, just like verging on delusional. They uh, went from like, we're having a rally to it's about freedom. Freedom equals white supremacists, white supremacists. Now we're insurrectionists. There's going to be weapons. They, they had dissolved throughout the course of the week where they were really riling each other up within this echo chamber so that they were just completely delusional and, and not really making any sense. Um, and had it not been such a, uh, serious situation it would have been a little comical because we were just like we were buying like bubble makers and hula hoops and things for the kids and they were talking about insurrections and and bringing lawyers numbers and bail money and things like that and we were just like completely caught off guard because we were planning like a, a family picnic with some speakers and it was like i said it was it was verging on delusional but it is it speaks to like how big big the problem is um, and what's really going on inside people's heads right now that it was just, it was really outrageous. They, they are um, My favorite one was uh, don't wear uh, contacts because tear, tear gas will dissolve them. And we're, we're in like Bridgewater in like a small suburban town where we have like bubble makers and kids having picnics and, and playing with Play-Doh and they're talking about pepper spray in their eyes with their contacts. And, and I, at one point I talked to the chief of police and said, are you planning on pepper spraying us? Like, I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on. And he just kind of laughed because he's like, this is not, you got to tell Tom about the Play-Doh, Sam. Yeah. Re real quick. Cause we got five minutes. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I thought we had 11 hours. Come on. <laughs> you know, I'd like, this to is the wrong day to be asking that question. I, I'd like to have you give your website where that video could be seen sure. uh, for anyone sure. watching the show. Sure. It's uh, it can be seen on YouTube through blues movers, and it can also be seen through Facebook at we, the people, we too. That's we, the people, we too, as in we too will not be silenced. We too will not have our rights taken away. And we is too. there a hashtag in there? It's you can get it either way. Okay. And hashtag the whole thing or whatever, but mm -hmm. it's just, there are a lot of <laughs> we, the people sites and you've got to add the we too to get it. But uh, there are many, many videos up there that went viral. And um, it, it's just, it's sad what happened. You'll see in the video how all these families were spread out and blankets and chairs and activities. And then all of a sudden you started seeing them packing up and leaving. That was within the first hour. As soon as what, 30, no, two dozen, I would say two dozen disruptors came. And um, one of them, the teacher we were describing actually was instrumental in getting a, a, uh, Antifa and BLM then there. They were, she was planning all week to upset this. They left their own protest wow. about a, a mile away in the center of town where we were originally going to be and moved because they were there. 
they left that protest and came specifically, deliberately and maliciously to disrupt this mm-hmm. one. Outrageous. Uh, but it's important that we mention that we're not going to be deterred. We're going to do it again. Um, so we're actually going to be in Lexington on April 19th doing the whole thing over again. Um, and we really want everyone, everyone to be there with us. So, I, you know, mark your calendars. We're doing it again. Well, I'd be happy to help you guys promote that event. Um, please send Wonderful. me some information. And uh, remind people what organization you're with. Um, well, Comfilm produced the video and Sam Muse is a drop spot in Bridgewater. And um, Tom would love it if you'd come and speak. Um, I would be happy to do Patriot, that. Patriot Day? I, I would be, if, if I can, I would be happy to do that. I, I don't have my schedule in front of me, but if, if it's possible, I'd be happy to. Um, All freedom lovers welcome. It is going to be a freedom lovers love fest. Tom, the one thing we're freedom lovers. The one thing I'd like to add is um, this was like a surprise to me when I showed up there. There were seven members of Comfilm there. Chris Mato was there, a meat and potatoes. There was um, uh, Ingrid. Ingrid, um, and also um, Copez, Dave, Dave Copez, Red Pill. Mm-hmm. So it was, there were a lot of patriots that that showed up there i know all those guys from my my old days with the worcester tea party right we, yeah. we've right. all been we've all been crossing paths for 14 years all right, of us and right. maybe more some so i just i want to say um i was just totally thrilled because it took so much i was such a relief to see so many people actually acting like a team it was like a uh, it was like a test you mm-hmm. know <laughs> so anyway i hope it'll happen very again. important parts of this um joint effort it was people just flocked together that you know freedom lovers flocked together and one person heard about it and told another person before we knew it we we had literally over 20 speakers it was fantastic oh that sounds great and i think commonwealth of mass freelance media has a lot to offer to this story because as people are getting familiar with phones and stuff the commonwealth of mass freelance media offers a, a press pass um to um to anyone who would like to join and become a reporter in their town. We're looking for 351 members, and uh, you'll be like, you know, like a um, an army of press. When a story comes up that's big, you'll be available. And this is what happened this day. It was it was like watching it happen in front of my eyes. I remember calling Janice. I got word that um, a woman that I've been reporting on for the last 15 years in Lawrence, an illegal alien, had been arrested by the feds for using fake social security numbers. So I posted it online. I got the I got the tip. I looked it up. It was real. I posted it online, and somebody called me and said, you know, she's in court like today. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to make it to Boston. And then all these people came on who knew her, came onto my Facebook page, and said I was making it up. <laughs> so I got all pissed off, and I called Janice, and I said, Janet, and I said, I don't know if you're free. I don't know if you're around, but if there's any way you can get over to the federal courthouse, the Mokley Courthouse, and get pictures of this woman. Her name is Derma Espada. Um, and, and I'd love to get a picture of her coming and going out of the courthouse to show everybody I'm not lying. She said, oh, my God, I'm on the tee. I'm about three stops away. Give me about 20 minutes. And, like, within a half an hour, she had pictures of the woman that I wanted walking into the courthouse <laughs> with her lawyers. I posted online and shut everybody up. The value, the value to a guy like me for something like that is huge. Yeah, and that's and what Janet, can happen. She did the same thing today. I hadn't received the link. <laughs> I said, Janet, I don't know what I'm going to do. And she said, it's today? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, oh, I'm right down the street. Boom, there she is. <laughs> well, yeah. I want to thank you guys for coming on to the show. Um, I appreciate it. I'd love to have you guys back when we have a little bit more time. 
And yeah. maybe maybe you guys can come in at some point and we can talk about uh, some maybe of the things Maybe we should you guys be on regular once a month, Tom. Well, um, Someone that's from something the group. we can talk Somebody about. Somebody from the group. That's something we can talk about. We've got I'll, 35. I'll tell you what, I'll come up there if you'll set me up with a nice big fat cigar. Uh, I don't know that I could do it. Now, I'm, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm sorry, is the, the woman on the left, are you Samantha? No, the one on the uh, right. You're I'm right. Samantha. Yeah. <clears throat> She's the one on the right. The one with the, the blonde. Yes, that's okay, Samantha. Right. If if Samantha promises to come, I'll let you guys come back. Right. I'm pretty sure I can. I, I'm pretty sure I can hook you guys up with the cigar too. All right. Okay. All right. So Chrissy says she's going to hook us up yeah, with a cigar. I got connections. Right, right. Well, because there's a delay, so what I'm looking at on my screen is is not the person that's speaking. Sometimes because I'm, what I'm looking at is the delay. There's like a 30 second delay for the live podcast. So I okay. thank you guys for coming on. Um, thank you. Tom, thank you for all you're doing. And you. and pl- and please come on again. I'd love to have a conversation with you guys. Sure. All right. Great. Thank you so much. You can wrap that up. So um, I want to thank Janet Aldridge from uh, Catch of the Day Video News. She calls it Confluence. Since the day you came up with that, I'm like, you got to come up with something better than Confluence. Well, the thing is, it's going national, and uh, it should have an I in there. But when it's finally an incorporated project, it will have an I. It will be the ink. So... All righty. But you stay at Calm Film. Calm Film. All right. Okay. Not Con. Calm. Calm Film. All right. <laughs> okay. I've only been in the organization for 17 years. I'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> uh, there's Melvin Taylor. He's been going live lately. Catch Melvin Taylor on um, Facebook. He's it's, great. He is fantastic. And I love that he wrote this song for my show. I know I say it a lot, but oh. I'm really kind of honored by that. Very much. Not yes, only did he write the song for the show, he put it on his album. That's even cooler. Uh, yeah. I want to awesome. thank Pleasant Valley Landscaping. They're booking jobs for June. Uh, JG's Ice Cream. Uh, McLennan Real Estate, Century 21 in Methuen. AFC Urgent Care. Uh, Methuen in North Andover. Marsan and Sun Construction. EIS Investigations. Borelli's Deli. Angelo Memolo over there at AM Auto Body in St. Lawrence. Over there. And HS Investigative Services. I will see you guys next week. Because Melvin Taylor says we gotta go home. We gotta go. So go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.